0: It is week seven in the Siouxland area for high school football. Welcome to another edition of the SCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. I'm your host, Zach James, also the assistant sports editor here at the Journal. And alongside with me, as he is every week, is sports editor Justin And Justin, uh, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. Three weeks ago, coming down the home stretch, the RPIs came out for the first time this week on the Iowa side. Um, here we go. It's, it's do-or-die time for a lot of teams.
1: Yep, it is that week. I, I, the RPIs are nice this week. I think there's so many big games in district play this week that these mm-hmm. RPIs could change drastically one week alone. And Someone commented on Facebook, why don't you do the RPIs? And I'm like, I, I wanted to say because they can change so I mean, Spencer could fall out of it this week with a loss to Sergeant Bluff. Um, West Sioux or West Line could see a drastic change if either one of them lose this week to each other. So, and
0: yes, and we'll talk about those games uh, here few coming up in this episode. We do have 12 games on the docket that we have our targets set on for this week, including Lamar's taking on Bishop Peelan at Memorial Field, Spence, who taking on Sergeant Bluff Luton, Dowling comes up here to face Sioux City East at Olsen Stadium. Sioux City West goes down to Reynolds Iowa to face Sioux City Polk. Southeast Polk, sorry. Southeast Polk. Uh, North also goes to the Des Moines metro area to face Des Moines Hoover. South Sioux City goes to Omaha, Long-Cali Catholic. And Lennox will face uh, Dakota Valley in North Sioux City. The Siouxland games we have our eyes set on for this week, like Justin alluded to, West Line at West Sioux. Here it's Lake Park taking on Newell Fonda. South O'Brien taking on Lamar's Galen Catholic. Dennison Schleswig taking on Storm Lake in Storm Lake. And Tri-Center of Neola facing Lawton Bronson in Class Eight, Class A play. Rather. Uh, let's start off with uh, the game that we're going to be covering this week uh, for Saturday's edition. And that will be Barry Pope's responsibility as he will be in Sergeant Bluff uh, seeing the Tigers take on the Warriors. The Warriors are ranked fifth in this week's uh, RPI rankings in Class 3A. And Justin, uh, this is a big one for Spencer because they were 21st in Class 3A in the RPI. The top 16 teams uh, in each Iowa class get to make it to the playoffs. So, like I said in the open, this week is a do-or-die week for a lot of teams, and I think it is... I think that fits the bill pretty accurately for the Spencer Tigers. Yeah,
1: it's the two teams that are undefeated in the district right now um, between Sergeant Bluff and Spencer. There's only two undefeated teams left in here now because Spencer's knocked off Denison. They've knocked off Storm Lake, handed both, them, both of them their first two losses. So, But 21st in the RPI, Spencer's best chance is to win the district here because one loss I think kills their RPI too much. I don't know. It's going to be tough for six and three teams to get in with the RPI right now, when uh-huh. you look at it. Um, so, this is the must win for Spencer, and it's about the best offensive team they've faced this year with uh, Sergeant Bluff Luton. Um, granted, this is one of the strongest running teams that Sergeant Bluff Luton has seen this season with Isaiah Spencer back there for the Tigers. He was injured a little, little dinged up to begin with it, but talking to uh, Sergeant uh, Spencer, Coach Jim Teague, uh, Ty, I. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, you know, the banged up didn't really matter to They just didn't play that well in their first two losses. Now they're on a four game winning streak and they get a Sergeant bluff team. That's on a five game winning streak. So we'll see what happens here. The physicality for, from Lewis central really did give Sergeant bluff problems. Bishop Helon was physical with them. It gave them problems. I'm not saying they're getting out physical because they did beat Helon. Lewis central is, is a very good team. So Sergeant bluff is going to get tested physically here. Um, they're probably not running the ball still as well as they'd like, but they're passing the ball well. Spencer knows they've got to watch a bunch of different weapons on there that'll keep them on their toes. Um, their defensive backfield has been a little bit new, but has but it, it's really come along this past week, these past couple of weeks. So, I'll be interested to see how well they can stop the passing game for Sergeant Bluff Luton if they can get some pressure on Daniel Wright. That's kind of got that's kind of going to be the key right there if they can get pressure on Daniel Wright and force him to make a few passes. Few few quicker passes, kind of like what Bishop Helan did. I'm guessing that film is going to be on there a lot. Like I said, this is this is kind of a must win for Spencer because if they lose, they still could get help from somewhere. You know, Sergeant Bull could drop a game somewhere in the district, and then both of them are tied. But I think they need some help there in tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. With the way it all went, because I don't, I mean, Dennison and Storm Lake are they going to stay at one loss? We'll see. That could create the three way working there, but I think if Spencer loses this game, they'd need a lot of help to get past Sergeant Newton on this. And their RPI, just sitting there at 21st right now, I just don't know if their RPI would be strong enough to get in if they dropped another game.
0: And speaking of RPI, we should take a step back here and explain what goes into the RPI. It's win-loss, opponent's record, and opponent's opponent's record. So, like you mentioned, a lot of teams who are on the bubble need a lot of help. And I don't have uh, Spencer's uh, two other records in front of me, but I I do think they do need help. 26 and twenty-eight,
1: and two hundred and sixty-eight to two hundred and eighteen. I'm sorry, two fifty-six to two twenty-seven. I saw Denison's there because Denison's ahead of them. Storm Lake's ahead of them in their own district. So an Mm -hmm. RPI, um, and and when you think about it, you know, figuring out RPI is kind of like figuring out. Your your second cousin twice removed right now. So
0: <laughs> very true. Very true. It is a very complicated uh system and let's see if it works. I think the second year. I'm I'm first year back in Iowa. I think the second year. This is the second year I've been. Yeah, that's what I thought that's what I thought. Uh, moving on, uh st- coming back to the city now. Lamore's taking on Healan. Healan dropping a brutal double overtime loss last week to I believe Denison. Um how do you think Keelan can bounce back uh, facing a team like the Bulldogs?
1: Uh, defensively, like they have all year. You know, uh, offensively, it's been a struggle for yeah. them, and you know it was again last week. But defense has been absolutely stout. Kobe Claiborne had ten yep. tackles last week, um, and and so did Cole Howell, you know they they've been very strong defensively, but offensively hasn't quite been there. This is their week to shut. If they can shut down Lamar's passing game. It'll be interesting to see what Lamar's can do from there because it's been pass, pass, pass for them. Bishop Helam was able to shut down uh, Sergeant Bluff Luton's passing game, which proved to be you know just as potent, if not better, than Lamar's passing game uh, this past week. So if they can shut down the pass, that'll give them a shot. They need to find a way to get that offense going again. I feel like we've been kind of a broken record saying that because they scored 14 points this past week but seven more in overtime. They needed a late score in the fourth quarter to tie the game against against Denison to even send it to overtime. So they really need to get something going um, offensively. Uh, they threw the ball 30 times. The run game was was okay. It wasn't great. So uh-huh. just getting that consistency there. They need to shut down Lamars' passing game. If they do, that would give them a chance in there. They need to keep the game under 20 with Lamars because if not, Lamars is going to be able to score some points. I think they need to keep the game under 20, 25 right there, probably more under the 20 range.
0: One more thing on Heelan. They clinched their first losing record last week, first losing season since 86, I believe. Um, What do you make of that? We'll we'll talk a lot about this at the postseason, end-of-season podcast episode, but is that the biggest surprise so far that Heelan is going to end the year with a losing record?
1: It really isn't to me, to be completely honest. That is not the biggest surprise to me, to be completely honest. Uh, I'm not really surprised that they have a losing record this season. There's probably going to be people that jump down my throat for that. How can you think that? How, did, You know, you be, you lose Brant Hoag, and it changes this team absolutely, just completely. You banked mm-hmm. so much on Brant Hoag because he's a very athletic and very good player. So now without him, you didn't really have the backup that you wanted. You know, probably look, I mean, Luke Longville is going to learn a lot from this. You know, he's only a sophomore. Yes. But he wasn't quite ready for it this year. Everything was pinned on Brant Hogue. And, and no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Once Brant Hogue went down, I was not surprised by it at all.
0: And, and that's a good point, too, that this can be a learning season for the Crusaders. Now, that's not, that's not going to make the seniors feel a little warm and fuzzy because they're going to lead the program and all that stuff. I think this can be a building year for the Crusaders and they can take a step back once. Um, the season is over in about three weeks and say, hey, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? And how can we go forward from here? And I, I think that's a good thing for the Crusaders to do uh, coming up here in three weeks. And this is a
1: must win for Lamars, too. I mean, they're they're not going to get in based on RPI at all. So they need to find a way to stay at one lot Actually, they're owned 2 in the district. So I'd almost say they're eliminated. So this is kind of just, you know, as you said, for warm and fuzzies right here for for bragging rights right now, either team, because Lamar's, is bait. I, I don't think, I don't think with two district losses, they, they find a way to win the district. So, um, so yeah, so this is one game for healing. They can take and say, Hey, we got this game uh, and, and go
0: from there. Moving over to morning side. Now is the East will face West Des Moines, Dowling Catholic. Dowling is ranked fourth in the RPI this week. East is 10th. And and yeah, Dallin's going to win this game. I get that. And, and, I don't think it'll be a very, very close game. But I, I think East can keep it somewhat close. And when I mean somewhat close, I mean in the 20s and in the, in the teens in terms of margin of um, victory, margin of defeat, however you want to call that. But I, I, Cage Kellen, like you and I talked about before we pushed the record buttons here, he's our Metro Athlete of the Week this week. I think he's made great strides, and I think – if Kellen can keep continuing to make those strides, especially going into this week against a very good Dowling team, um, that can that can make – yeah, the win-lots thing. Outcome may not benefit the Black Raiders, but I think what Kellen can do, and maybe if he can continue that momentum, that can help the Black Raiders going forward.
1: He's going to have to be a lot more accurate because they – I mean – he admitted he just tries to put in the vicinity. This, they're gonna need more than that against Dowling here. They need to hit on the big play early and often. They need to keep hitting on that big play. Um, that's what got, they did against North, and I think that's kind of uh, you know foreshadowing for what they're gonna try to do against Dowling. They need to stop the run. Then you show they can be able to stop the run. They're not gonna stop it completely against Dowling, and they need to be able to hit on some big plays. I'll be interested to see if they can some if they can put some points on the board and keep the score lower than people are expecting. That's the big thing here. So. It's going to hurt them in terms of RPI, and they're sitting at 10th. So six may be close to getting it. We'll see. Um, But, you know, we'll see how they can compete with Dowling in this one, how big scores because they're going to – if they win this game, they'll point back, oh, everyone said we couldn't win it. Well, yeah, you're right. Everyone thought Dowling was going to go undefeated this season, so whatever. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they compete against Dowling. Um, there's things I got to fix. I got a little bit more accurate in the passing game because Dowling will jump on that if you are off too much. So,
0: yeah, But yep. East
1: has not thrown an interception yet this season. Cage Kellan in his three games has not thrown an interception yet this season. So they have been able to protect, protect the ball.
0: And they'll have to against a very good uh, Maroons team that'll come up here uh, to Sioux City. Let's touch up on these last four Metro games real, real quick. West SCP, North at Hoover, uh, South Seward, Run, Cali, and Lennox at Dakota Valley. Um, I, I don't. See, I see Southeast Polk and Hoover. I, I guess that North Hoover game will be somewhat close. But what do you see out of these out of those last four Metro games?
1: Uh, it was a closer game against Marshalltown than I thought for West. I mean, considering the way the last couple of weeks have gone. So we'll see if you know it's not as lopsided as you think against Southeast Polk needs to get all the RPI points they can. They're kinda on that bubble yeah. too, but I think they get in. Um so we'll see if, if West can keep it I don't say respectful, but you know, it's it's been a tough haul for them. But that game against Marshalltown was a little closer than I thought it'd be. So we'll see if they can do it against Polk. Um North's game against Hoover will be interesting. I don't have a lot of faith in North to do much in this one, but Hoover has been not that great this season. But they've played better opponents than North has as well, so Um, It'll be interesting to see what happens there. They did put up 20-some against – 21 against East, I believe. Ken North slowed that down a bit. But right now, North is showing they can't tackle. They can't play coverage. They can't pass the ball well. The only thing they can really do is run the ball decently. That's when Brady has room. He doesn't get room all that much because a lot of defenders are on him at the line of scrimmage. So they got to – Mitch Moore said last week they need to rework you know, basically how they do everything football wise. That's not a good sign. So, that's
0: not a good. we'll thing. see if they
1: tackle better and everything because they don't tackle well. You know, Hoover's going to run all over them just like East did. So,
0: yep, yep. And then South and then Dakota Valley um, taking on Lennox. Uh, I, I think this might be the first week that Dakota Valley is not facing a ranked team. Do I have that right?
1: Yeah. Um, I got to look it up here a little bit once my computer. Catches up with me, but yeah, uh,
0: it's one of those where
1: um, I really think uh, it's their first non ranked or receiving uh, votes opponent right now. And you know, that, that might be a good thing for Dakota Valley, they've been pressed so much each week. This is the first week yeah. they didn't really come through in, in that loss, and it's a very good Dakota Valley team. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm Dell Rapids team, I should say. Um, Dakota Valley only dropped one spot to number four. Uh, Lennox is not receiving votes, so. This is technically their weakest opponent. It's on the, you know, it's at home, I believe. So, um, nope, it's on the road, I think, if I'm thinking correctly. So, we'll see how they do on the road here. It's going to be a little colder. You know, I I see Dakota Valley doing what they always do, controlling the clock, running the ball. Um, I think they can put a few points on the board. And after last week, that's going to be a welcome sign considering Del Rapids was able to shut them down. It's like Del Rapids has been able to shut a lot of people down this year.
0: Yeah, We should ahead. mention
1: South Seal. You know, they, they did put up. They did score a couple times. They just have to take care of the ball. You cannot be yeah. thrown into double coverage that much. You need to be able to recognize the coverages. That's their biggest. Yeah, thing. you
0: can't have seven. Can't have seven first half turnovers. That's
1: that's a big thing right there. Seven first half turnovers. Cut down the turnovers because you don't. Your defense having trouble stop people. Don't give the teams other chances. That's that's the biggest thing that we need to see out the South this week. Is turn the ball over less.
0: Like it, like co- like uh, quarterback Jacob Bacon told me after the game, and I loved what he said. He's like, yeah, we just got to be better, and we just got to learn to be more of a team, and we're learning how to do that. And I think even though South Sioux only has one win right now, and probably that's what they're going to end up he- with here in three weeks, I think South Sioux can learn something from this season. I think Christopher Stein is what that program absolutely needed. For that program to go forward. Maybe not this year. Maybe not next year. Maybe not even in 2021. But to build a base for the future. So they can be respectable down the road. And I, I, I did notice that. Maybe, maybe it was disguised a little bit. But I did notice that South Sioux. Did play with a little bit of pride. Because it's hard to play in in lopsided games like that. When you're not on the uh, celebratory side of things. But I think the Cardinals are in... Are in Good hands under Christopher Stein. No they are, but that team that. needs to play smarter. You're listening to the SCJ Preps podcast here at SiouxCityJournal.com. I'm Zach James, assistant sports editor alongside sports editor Justin West. Now let's move over to, over to the Siouxland side of games, and we got to start with West Lion, West Sioux. West Sioux lost to Western Christian last week. Uh, they dropped in pretty much every poll you can think of. Eighth in the AP, I believe. Eighth in the RPI. I did not drop them down that low in my AP poll. Justin, I don't know where you put them. I put them him at eighth because I had them at third the week before. So I didn't have okay. them first place. I
1: only dropped them five spots. A lot of people dropped them seven spots. So,
0: I, And I don't understand that because, yeah, what's the loss? I understand that. It's a loss. I get that. They should drop. But to drop all the way to eighth, I know Class 1A has some good football teams in it. Van Meter, Drake, New Hartford. West, Ryan, West and Christian obviously uh, but to put him in eighth I thought that was way 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 too I low. was not I,
1: I did not see anything wrong with that because it's just like you said that's how deep 1A is right now you're looking at it right here Panorama who's not ranked they are not ranked they're the number yeah. two team in the RPI they're not ranked <laughs> Mount Iyer who's not ranked is right behind West Sue in the RPI ACGC not ranked, right behind West Sioux. Iowa City, Regina, who I think was just receiving, I think moved in the 10th this week. Yeah, They're behind West Sioux. South Central Calhoun, who is undefeated. In the RPI, they're at 11th. This is a deep 1A class. A loss to West Lyon I don't think eliminates West Sioux, but it puts them on the edge a bit, because that's going to drop them to about the 15th spot in the RPI. Granted, Evansburg's sitting there at seventeen at 3-3, three and three, and Unity is 3-3 three and three at number 19. You know, two teams West Sioux has beaten. But now you're getting a little danger zone with two losses they lose to West Line, So I think that's just how deep 1A is. You lose this game, you lose last week to a Western Christian team. That's a team that shot up the rankings. So people had to put Western Christian above West Sioux. And depending on how far up they put Western Christian, you had to drop West Sioux below them since they have the win over them. So mm-hmm. that, that's kind of – that plays in that factor too. One a w- Loss in 1A can really make you slip right now, rankings-wise and RPI-wise.
0: So he was my top five. I went Dyke, Van Meter, uh, West Lion, Weston Christian, and West Sue because I couldn't put West Sioux above Weston Christian, obviously, because obviously the Wolfpack beat the Falcons. And I, couldn't, I put West Lion third because I think – I actually do think West Lion can – give the Falcons a competitive game on Friday night. But to drop them eighth, I, I, just, I just don't see that. I know Hunter Deckers didn't have the greatest game in the world. I understand that. And I know this district is really, really deep. But to drop him eighth, yeah, well, I, I, I thought that was
1: – Well, just... the reason that he didn't have the greatest game is because he's under pressure all game against a very athletic Western Christian team. Now you've got a team that's not as athletic as Westline. They're still athletic, but they're more physical especially up front. If you have trouble stopping an athletic team up front, that is fast and quick and athletic, you're going to have trouble against a team that does have some speed up front with West line, but is more physical. So instead of working around a block, you're pushing through it. And they're going to have, they're going to be, the Hunter is going to be under pressure again, and it's going to be a more physical rush with this. And West line is going to be pretty physical with them. Their history of defense goes back a long ways, you know, so, And, you know, that's another thing up front on the offense side of the ball. If they're not scoring enough, Westline is going to take time off that clock way more than Western Christian did with Logan Meyer and Jalen Gramstead back there. Uh, Gramstead, the quarterback, Logan Meyer, the running back. You know, that's a ground and pound team. They're not going to lead the state with one single rusher gaining all these yards, but they will be able to get some yards. Logan Meyer has 504 yards. Okay, that sounds okay, you know, 10 touchdowns. 9.5 yards per carry. Mason Mauer is averaging 8.5 yards per carry, 275 yards. Jalen Gramstead, 218 yards per carry. Uh, 218 yards with 6.1 yards per carry. There you have to get down all the way to the seventh running back on the team, Gabe Terwee. 49 yards rushing, 2.9 yards per carry. Till so you get to a guy averaging less than 7 yards per carry. West Lyons going to win the battle up front. No doubt. How much can West Sioux limit that? That's going to be the key. Can they limit that? If they can stop drive, if they can bend but don't break, because they're going to bend, this team is going to run against them up front. Do they ne- can they force enough punts? to keep them off the board because if West line just keeps putting it down their throats, which is what West line does to everyone. uh, It's, it's detrimental. This isn't the same because West Sioux does not have the same offense. It has a very good offense. Don't get me wrong. This isn't the same potent offense that it was last year when West Sioux was able to take them out. Um, I'm trying to remember what that score is because Western Christian proved that Western Christian's defense held them in check. If West line holds, West Sioux under 25-30 points again, they're riding that game and have a very good chance to win. So, the, the, And West Line is better than last year. They're doing the ground and pound better than last year. They were younger last year. They went 7-3 and three and they are younger. They lost 41-14 to 14, but um, they did not run uh, Tanner Severson at 87 yards only four carries. So they didn't run the ball as well. They're running the ball better this year. So it's it's typical West Line, you know. Um, Logan Meyer did have 987 yards rushing last year, I should say, but um, but Graham said he's running the ball better too. So Western West soon needs to find a way to bend, don't break with this running game because West Line will get yards, and then has to find a way to keep Hunter Decker's from not getting pressure all the time. Rollouts, take out film the Vikings game where Kirk Cousins was doing play action. You have com uh, you have a Comstock um, back there. Nope, I'm thinking wrong. Who who who's back there running back? I'm, um, Copic. You have Bryce Kopic back there. You know, maybe find a way to, to roll out and have some dump passes to him. Get some extra yards. He he's good in space. Um, Western Christian really tried to take Cade Line out there. So you got your you got to find a way to get your secondary pieces involved. Roll out Hunter Decker's. Maybe find a way sweeps and such for, for Bryce Kopic, because you've got to find a way to make up for the mismatch up front.
0: Try so to handle the point home. Does Westline win this yes. thing? If they do. Is Westline, is West suit like you said, Westsuit would probably drop down to 14th or 15th in the RPI. Is Westsuit in trouble if they lose this game?
1: They're in trouble, but I do think they get in still. Because I look at some of the other teams on here, like in Emmitsburg, like a Unity Christian. Um, you know, I kind of I look at that. Uh, Cl- they in at 16. I think... It was, I I don't think they West U's losing. A, if they lose to Westline, they're going to stay at two losses. They're going they're going to go six and uh, seven and two this season. I think seven and two is good enough to get them in with their RPI because you look at their opponents' record is thirty two and twenty two. They're the first one lost team here in, in the RPI. So you look at their opponents' record and their opponents' opponents. It's a tough enough schedule where I think they are in trouble, but I still think they get in with two losses. I think. I didn't think at a lower seed than they would have liked, but I still think they get in with those two losses.
0: And and I guess I don't know how the RPI system works. Uh, like I said, I'm back home for the first time in a couple of years, but I would love to see all three of those teams: West Lyon, West Christian, and West soup, make it because I think they're all caliber. I think I think, I think you'll see tosses, all three of them in. But yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think so too.
1: Because the thing yeah, the I thing that's holding South Central Calhoun back is opponents' records: 19 and 35. Same with Trainer at 18 and 36. Um, North Lynn's opponents have a losing record. Sigourney Kiota, who I think made into the rankings this week, 17-39. and 39. Yep, um, So you look at those opponents' record; they're not playing as tough teams. The difference between West Sioux at number 7 with a 6, a six 7 six-seven-three RPI and number 16 Clorinda is about 80 points. I just don't see them dropping that much in RPI. Unless they lose a game, they shouldn't, which I do not see that happening. I do not see them losing to someone outside of West Lyon here. I think, And,
0: so. I, I, and I think the thing that helps out West Lyon, West Sioux, South Central Calhoun, and, and Western is, like you mentioned, you didn't mention many Eastern Iowa teams on that list. Mm-hmm. I think I only heard two, North Northland and Sigourney-Kyote, which they're more Southeast Iowa. But they are in the Eastern Iowa, half of the state. They are east of I-35, so... If There aren't many Eastern Iowa teams that kind of helps make the argument for the teams up here that they are strong and they do deserve to be in the playoffs and geography shouldn't matter at all in, in, in determining the top 16 exactly. teams and in each that's class. the thing,
1: Dyke, New Hartford, they're the number one and team. And Dyke, too. Yeah. They are, Dyke, New Hartford, they're the number one team. Their opponent's record are 24 and 30. The thing that's helping out is their opponent's opponents are 262 and 224. That's what's helping them a lot, is that. That's keeping. Mm-hmm. If they didn't have that opponents record, they'd be behind West Sioux with an undefeated record. Van Meter, they're they're the, they're up there with 32 and 22 opponents record. So Van Meter, I think, and that's who I voted number one the last two weeks because I think they've played as a, a tough enough schedule to earn that number one ranking over Dyke New Hartford.
0: And of course, it's the birthplace of Bob Feller, so why wouldn't you like. That is fan that meter? is actually kind of a
1: reason not to like Fan Meter. I'm am so, not I'm not a Bob Feller. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's,
0: he's he's an Iowa guy that made made it to the that's, majors. That, I, that's I, a I... sacrilege
1: thing for me to say. I know, being from Iowa, but I don't like angry old men, which I will become in thirty years. So, <laughs> yes, yes.
0: So me too. Me too. I'll be right up there with you. Uh, Let's move on now to uh, South O'Brien and Galen Catholic. Um, Both are in the top 16 in Class A in the RPI. Um, South O'Brien second and and Galen. I almost said the Hawks. But the Jays are 15th in Class A. Um, This could be a a do-or-die game for the Jays uh, since they're on the bubble right there. Where do you see it?
1: Well, if the Jays have any hope in this one, they need to stop the running game. And honestly, I don't know if they do. Um, their two losses are to Woodbury Central and West Sioux. Uh, West Sioux, is, you know, blew them out. It's that Woodbury Central game I kind of look at, 14-2. Able to They They'll play good defense, but they weren't able to get anything done on the ground. And Woodbury Central keeps better, getting better each week. Now, yeah, they are. Woodbury Central in that game, they didn't rush for a ton of yards in that, so that's the yeah. kind of thing. But Woodbury Central also doesn't have Tristan Wilson, who's one of the best running backs in the state yardage-wise right now. I believe he is, he is fourth in the state in rushing. Oops, is, yeah, he's fourth in the state in rushing with 1,285 yards this season. He's got that amount this season. That's a little bit better than Wade Mitchell. That's Wade Mitchell's been good this year. Mitchell Countryman's been good for Woodbury Central this year. Tristan Wilson's been better. That may, may play a factor on who they, they, they have faced as well, because I think Woodbury Central's played a better schedule. But when you look at it in the long run, it, it's, it's, this is a must win for Galen Catholic. Um, if they don't get this game, it's, it's going to be a tough, tough haul in there, because there's a lot of 3-3, three and three, a lot of 4-2 and two teams. A lot of three and three teams in this mix. Um, if they lose this, they're going to drop a bit because of that opponent's record at twenty four and thirty. So they really need this game more than um, more than South O'Brien does a bit. South O'Brien's sitting there at number two in the RPI right there, which I, I was kind of surprised about
0: to be honest. I was so, too.
1: So if they lose, they just they still have a good chance of getting in. But Galen Catholic, if they lose, they're right on that bubble, and you still have Woodbury Central that next week. So I'm sorry, Hinton that next week, and Hinton's Hinton's made a good good push here lately too. So Hinton's
0: have a really good season with Tate Conklin. Yeah, being exactly. So they got some young
1: guys learning some things. Galen Catholic needs to be able to stop the run. If they stop the run, they take away South O'Brien's offense. South O'Brien's offense is Tristan Wilson, and it's worked pretty dang well this season. Uh-huh. Um, what they can do offensively, I don't know. That's something that's going to be a struggle. It kind of reminds me of Sioux Central that South O'Brien was able to run against because Sioux Central couldn't do anything offensively against South O'Brien. They were able to run the ball a bit, but they weren't able to score as much as, as they would have liked by any means. So if they can stop the run, they need to find a way to do something offensively. And you're, you're asking two huge things right there. Uh, so I got to give mm-hmm. the advantage to South O'Brien. So.
0: Let's stay in Class A for a second and talk about Tri-Center and Lawton Bronson. Tri-Center is still receiving votes in – in the AP poll this week, uh, Lawton Bronson is eighth in the UPI, so this could be a pretty competitive game.
1: Yeah, this is a game. It's really tough to read this game because, yeah, Tri Center is receiving votes. I don't know why. I, I haven't seen what I've wanted to out of them. I voted them, I think, one week, and after that, I just the scoring and everything like that. And it's it's defense for Lawton Bronson that has really got them this far. Rico Garcia has been good, but the defense has been the key. And that's where you know Tri Center's been able to score some points. They were held the seven points against Woodbury Central. That's a game I feel Lawton Bronson will, will will look at right there is that Woodbury Central Tri Center game because every other game they've scored at least twenty points. So, but they've given that's the thing they've given up points too. Fifty-two to ACG, ACGC, thirty-three points to Woodbury Central, forty-nine points to Underwood. Yes, they have a shutout there, but it's the MVA, OCLU, and they've also beat Riverside. It's not that good. And West Monona's is down this year. So if Lawton Bronson's defense can do what it, it's been doing, they gave up 27 points to Alta, really, in the first week. Since then, three straight weeks of six points, 12 and 14. Their games are probably a little closer than they'd like, but their defense has really been shutting down teams that needs to. It's not a murderer's row, but Ridgeview, West Monona and Logan Magnolia but it's, it's been good enough. They can get enough offense here. I, I got to give the advantage to them, but try Center, Like I said, has been tough to read. Rico Garcia has got 717 yards rushing. That's yeah. big. They can get some passes completed in this one. Connor Smith has completed 57% of his passes, 73 yards. They need to find Hayden Dahlhauser a bit on some passes that open up Rico Garcia a bit more. And if they do that, they can win this game by 10, 15 points on the basis of their defense is very strong. They, uh, Adam Felipe, Felipe has uh, five interceptions. They've got nine as a team. They have forced uh, six fumbles. They've recovered six fumbles this season. So they're able to turn people over, look for them to do it again. They'll lean on their defense in their running game, maybe get a couple passes out to Hayden Dahlhauser to open it up. That's going to be the key for Lawton Bronson in this one.
0: And I think a big, another big key for Lawton Bronson, it's just get Rico Garcia going early because when he got going in that fourth quarter against Hinton three weeks ago, uh Bronson's offense looked pretty darn good and when you get someone like that like Garcia going that like you said that opens up everything else and if Lotton Bronson can't get that going, who knows? Maybe they can make a deep run in class A and, and they're eighth right now And and who knows, you you make a, Bronson can make a run to the Uni Dome but they get everything going. And this
1: is a you mentioned RPI. this is must win for Tri Center. They lose this they're done. Even then, I think they need a lot of help in to get up in the RPI. They're 25th right now. So, for Lawton-Bronson, you know, we'll see. They've got a really tough Woodbury Central team next week. So, it's back-to-back tough weeks for Lawton-Bronson. I actually think next week's tougher than this week,
0: though. Yep, yep, and we'll talk about that next week when we get to it. Let's uh, j- drop down to Class, a, Class 8 player before, before we get to the uh, Class 3A game between Dennison and Storm Lake. Let's talk about Hurst, Lake Park in Newell Fonda for a quick second. Uh, Harris Lake Park is 15th. Newell Fonda is 10th in the RPI. Uh, I don't know if it's the bubble game for both teams, maybe for Harris Lake Park, but to be in that teens region in the first week in the RPI, the winner will definitely get into the single digits in the RPI next week. And I'll ask you, Justin, who do you think that's going to be?
1: I think it's New Um I think New Fonda needs this game more than Harris Lake Park. To be completely honest, because if they don't get this game, they've got Remsen St. Mary's next week. Harris Lake Park loses; um, their schedule is a little bit more favorable. I believe they've got Sulan Christian and Kingsley Pearson end of the year, so I think they're safe. If they lose this game, they're safe to make the playoffs. New Fonda loses this game to Harris Lake Park; <laughs> it's a much different story. The toughest game Newell Fonda has played this year is Coon Rapids-Vired. They lost 29-7. 20, Since then, it's been some cupcakes, to be completely honest. Can Newell Fonda's defense stop Harris Lake Park's passing game? Because even though Harris Lake Park lost last week, they still scored some points. They're going to score points. Can you limit them? Can you have ball control offense to take, the, take it out of their hands enough? Because – Hunter Christensen is 440 yards rushing. This is going to be a ball control game for Newell Fonda completely. Their defense needs to play big in this one. After giving up 29 points to Coon Rapids-Bayard, I actually like Harris Lake Park's offense better than I do um, Coon Rapids-Bayard. So I think Harris Lake Park's going to be able to move the ball against Newell Fonda. That's why ball control is so important for them, because they can take time off the clock and score. You have to put the two together. You can't be running down the clock and not scoring because I feel Harris Lake Park can move the ball down the field and score against you. So that's going to be the key to it. I think they do it. No, I think Harris Lake Park puts up about 40
0: points and wins this game. Do you think, and obviously since you think Harris Lake Park is going to win this game, do you think it's problematic that Newell Fonda hasn't faced somebody competitive in three or four weeks?
1: Uh, you get that
0: Nate Man a lot
1: though, so I don't, I, I can't really fault them for that because that happens in Eight Man a little too much because that's just the way it kind of crumbles. You look at how, how it falls off for some of these teams in Eight Man in terms of RPI, that, that's just going to happen. You can't control that sometimes. Of who's in your district, you get who's in your district, and yeah, the other district is tougher because you have Remsen, you have Harris Lake Park, you know they got Coon Rapids Bear, who, who, who's a very good team this year. Collins Maxwell's not as good, you know. If I'm, no. if I'm correct, they're never really that good. But you know, you Arriwala has been has been better in the past. Kingsley Pearson's been better in the past. So that's the thing you can't really determine who drops off there. Because I believe Vaughn used to be ranked a few years ago. So it, it, it's tough to tell with that. Um, it, it, you can't really control how teams drop off or not too. Because I mean. Yeah, you, you don't even know you're playing Siouxland Christian until, you know, about a month before the season. Yes, the alternative was Clay Central Everly, who's getting getting beat up pretty bad. River Valley's even been better in the past. You, you, you can't really control that. So it doesn't help. Yeah, but you, you can't really. It's the same with Harris Lake Park. Yeah, they've had Northwood Kenson in there. Northwood Kenson's even down for what they have mm-hmm. been. You know, that's the same with our we've offered them too, and you, you just take what you can go with it, so.
0: Yep, yeah, and and in 8-man, you can't control that because sometimes, like, I don't know who has played Max, Collins-Maxwell, but like, you yeah, kind of have to go halfway across the state sometimes to find an opponent, and sometimes it's not easy finding good teams in 8-man because not everybody can play um, a, a Don Bosco, a... Yeah, and, um, and, i don't know who's second even
1: looking at it, i mean they, but they've you got you get my yeah pick. they've got one of the toughest districts because you have remsen saint mary harris lake park and new Old fonda i mean that's that's a pretty loaded one right there too i know harris lake park's in the 15th but think of this one that'll go a long way i mean yeah, two losses could drop them. i think i think harris lake park gets in with what their two losses there. i still think they do um it, it's one of the toughest districts when you look at it nate man with with those with those teams right there and there's really nothing you can do about that. I mean, Don Bosco's got Northwood Kensett, but Janesville's dropped off. Uh, you have HLV, but Lone, Lone Tree's been 3-3 three and three this year, so they've dropped off. Iowa Valley's not as good as people thought. You know, New London and Montezuma aren't as strong as people thought they'd be. So Waco's been giving teams some battles there. Eastern Valley and Turkey Valley have been really good there. Springville's been decent, but I, I, just, I just think this district – there's some tough districts out there. The districts are tough enough where you can't really schedule, you know, world beaters in there because you're already playing world beaters. And, you know, you can't always schedule a Don Bosco because it doesn't always work out. So.
0: Right. Yeah. Come back over here to Class 3A now. Uh, Dennison, Schleswig and Storm Lake, both both outside looking in, in the RPI. The Monarchs are 20th. The Tornadoes are 17th. Who needs it more?
1: That's a tough one because you can go either way. But, you know, when you kind of look at their schedules here, you know, Denison has already played Heelan, but they do need to play uh, uh, Sergeant Bluff yet. And so does Storm Lake. But Storm Lake also has Heelan on their schedule yet, which, you know, if there's a year you want to play Heelan, it's this year. So uh, it, it's, it's tough to say because, like I said, Denison's got Storm Lake, Sergeant Bluff, and the Mars yet. Storm Lake has Sergeant Bluff and and, and uh, Sergeant Bluff-Luton after, or Sergeant Bluff-Luton and Bishop healing after this so it's it's kind of tough to say um, it's it's both they both need this one just as bad as the other one and you know Denison's coming off a win Storm Mike's coming off a loss you know, maybe it's something where Storm Mike needs a little bit more because of that um, I, I feel a loss that eliminates either one of them right now um, so it's both are fighting for their lives right now and uh, it's tough to say who needs it more but um, Dennison wasn't able to move the ball much against Helan's defense, which is, you know, about normal. Storm Lake uh-huh. wasn't able to move the ball against Spencer. That's a little concerning because it's a team built on the running game, but Spencer was able to really hold this Storm Lake offense in check. Can Dennison do that again this week? I know it was against Helan. I know their offense isn't that good, but that defense might have been the confidence boost needed at the right time. Granted, they gave up some points late till all teams come back in. Spencer also did score 34 points against them, but the defense has been decent. If the defense can come up and slow down the Storm Lake running game, that'll be the key there. Storm Lake's got to do the same thing against Terrence Way, but as we saw last week, Isaiah Spencer was able to run against him. I think Terrence Way is just as good, so I think the advantage goes to Dennis and Schleswig in this based on Terrence Way out there and how he's been able to run the ball. And yeah, because Storm Lake was unable to stop that last week.
0: Is Storm Lake done? Are they in trouble? Where are they at if they lose? No, both teams are done if they lose. Either team loses, they're done. All right, so this is a true do-or-die game in week seven for either the Monarchs or the Twin Anything else that's on your radar? for this week, for week
1: seven? Um, there's some games here and there. I'm interested to see how that central line game goes. Let's see what Su- – I, I think both Sioux Center and central line have games that they should they should roll on easy enough that, that it sets it up for a big matchup here later. So that, that's kind of the one I'm looking at too. Um, Remsen's not really getting much of a push this week, so they should roll as well. I'm interested to see if Hinton can keep it going. They're at 4-2 right now. Can they, keep, can they keep their run going? They should be able to. They got a matchup that they should be able to win again this week. Uh, in, in that aspect. So, you know, those are kind of the main games there. We'll see if Western Christian has a letdown. I think they'll be okay because you sandwich the game they've got this week, you know, then they've got Westline to, to end the season. So it's, it's an interesting way to go. I don't – even if they have a letdown, I don't know how much that really would hurt them because I believe they have um, – Oh, if this loads for me, I'll be okay. Because I, I, I close my schedule, which is, they've got Sibley Cheating this week, and I think they roll against Sibley Elcheden. O'Chinan. Sibley Elcheden's been, been demolished against I and mean, uh, you know. Once you turn the, once they turn to the district play, Sibley Elcheden's been exposed. Fifty-eight nothing to West Sioux, thirty-five nothing Emmitsburg. They haven't scored in district play yet. So I, I really feel even if West Sioux has a letdown, they'll still be able to roll from here. So, um, yeah, Sip- Sibley's got Western Christian Westline and Unity to end the season, so that's, that's a, a tough, tough schedule. schedule, too. Unity's got Emmitsburg. I'm interested to see how they do against Emmitsburg. Um, this is a must win for Unity. Um, Emmitsburg isn't that great, but I'm not totally convinced Unity's that great either, so that needs to be a big win for, for Unity this week.
0: One more thing before we go. Brian Cliff does play Morningside this week. It is the rivalry college, the two city schools. It'll be at Memorial Field. Uh, one of us will be covering it on Saturday at 1 o'clock. Morningside wins this, but does Bradcliffe put up a challenge given how well the defense has played the last few if weeks?
1: If by challenge you mean within 40 points, no. If you mean within 50 points, yeah, that could be a possibility with how good their defense Their defense is like nationally ranked good, like top five in the nation good. That's that's how good Bradcliffe's defense has been. However, they cannot score. They have n- – no real passing game. Teams can load the box against the running game. You know, you can do one-on-one coverage in this one, and then get some pressure on on Santos. This could get out of hand quickly. Is it going to be St. Francis bad? I hope not for Briarcliff's sake. But Morningside was able to roll up some points against some good teams. Briarcliff held a very good Midland offense in check. Morningside's offense is much better than Midland's, though. So if they can keep it under fifty, you know. Yeah, but I don't know how Briarcliff gets to ten points in this one.
0: Uh, see, uh, here's why I somewhat disagree. I think Side wins this too. I'm not saying that, but I think Briarcliff make Briarcliff makes it a, a 28 to 35 point game, which is kind of laughable to say. But I think if they do make it within four or five possessions, I think it's a game where Briarcliff can say, "Okay, we got beat." but we kept the nation's top offense somewhat in check, and we scored some points on probably the nation's top defense as well. So I think they can lick their wounds and kind of nod their head a little bit and kind of halfway satisfaction, but I do agree with you. I, I don't see a chance where the Chargers find a way to beat, beat the Mustangs, even though they have the home field advantage going their way.
1: I just don't know how they're going to stop this run game consistently and get the pressure on Joel Dolomchek consistently. Because with all the teams they face, this is the best team that has the best running game, the best offensive line, and the best passing game. This is easily by far the best offense that Barcliffe has faced. And, yes, they held Midland. Yes, I agree. But Midland also, I think, was a little fluky offensively compared to Morningside. Morningside's got a starting quarterback. Midland has been playing three at different times. Morningside's got three running backs and they've got three to four wide receivers. Midland has one wide receiver. You keyed in on Midland's wide receiver, that takes a lot of weight, a lot of all of them. Briarcliff put that blueprint this past week on them, actually. So, I don't know. Keeping it, if they keep them under 40, I, I would be very surprised in this one because even if the defense plays that well, they're going to be on the field way too much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, we both agree Morningside wins, but I think, I, th- I think it'll be a more competitive game than what I think you can. But uh, nonetheless, a win, is a win is a win, no matter if it's one points or 49 points or 80 points. That'll do it for the week 70 edition of the Sioux City Journal SCJ Preps Podcast with a little college thrown in there. Make sure to check out SiouxCityJournal.com on Friday night for our score stream where you can find every game from the Siouxland area, right at your fingertips at SiouxCityJournal.com. Make sure to follow, follow us both on Twitter, me, Zachary W. James, and Justin. He is at Justin Rutz, and Barry Poe is at SCJBarryP for all your up-to-date uh, updates uh, when we're out in the field for not only volleyball, football, but volleyball, and as we turn into the fall and winter seasons for basketball and wrestling and all the other winter sports as well. Forward sports editor Justin Rastitz is assistant sports editor, Zach James. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.